oh, it's so frustrating. And she has this, there's a scene where she's talking to Jonathan and I really appreciate it where she says, you'll never know what it's like to not be taken seriously as a woman Mm -hmm. because they love Jonathan and he doesn't write. I think he takes the photos, but, but still like, I thought that was a really cool little, little tidbit. Tidbit for sure. Everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. I'm Allison. And I'm Jamie. And I'm also accompanied by Theodore today. So he might have some things to say, just warning you ahead of time. He's watched this whole season. <laughs> he has, actually. In some ways. Today we're going to be reviewing the third season of Stranger Things. Woohoo! It was just released on Netflix on the 4th of July, um, and it is a Netflix original, obviously. Um, oh, yeah. Um, we wanted to review the third season because uh, I'm sure anyone who has watched the first two was really excited. There was a bit of a hiatus between the second and third um, and being released on the 4th of July was, was kind of cool, um, especially because at the end of the show of the season, um, it is the 4th of July, or it's a 4th of July celebration, so that was kind of cool. Um, but we do want to go over, just very briefly, the first two seasons, just to kind of bring you guys up to speed. But, as always, uh, spoilers ahead, so if you haven't finished the third season, uh, don't listen until you have. So um, just kind of a quick synopsis of the first two seasons. So I believe the show uh, came out on Netflix in 2016 in the fall. Um, And the first season is around Christmas time. This is something that's kind of interesting about the show is uh, each season is a different time of year. So the first Mm -hmm. season is Christmas, second season is Halloween, and the third is the summertime slash 4th of July. The show starts off with um, four friends, Mike, Will, Dustin, and Lucas, all playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons in, um, I think it's Mike's basement. Yeah. And um, when they all leave, Will... um, is riding his bike home and is uh, being followed by something strange, stranger things, there you go, um, and um, goes missing. And his mother, played by the wonderful Winona Ryder, um, spends the whole first season looking for Will. um, And uh, before, actually, we get into that, the show actually starts off in like a a lab of some kind, and there's um, a lot of turmoil, and we don't really know what's going on. But we later find out... Um, as you know, if you've seen the first two seasons, that um, there are some government experiments going on with um, children. And that's how we meet Eleven, or L as she is called, um, basically um, children with uh, like superpowers, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and L stumbles upon uh, the remaining three of the group. They um, keep her kind of under wraps. Obviously, she's... Uh, probably not supposed to be seen. And um, while they're also trying to find Will, uh, Joyce, Winona Ryder, Will's mother, is also trying to find Will. And um, she finds out that she can communicate with him through the lights. And um, the government, or I guess the, like, maybe not the government, like the, just like the the town 
is like, oh, he's dead. And they find his body in a lake. And Joyce is like, no, I've talked to him. And everyone thinks she's crazy. Um, And then they find out that the body was a dummy. Um, Basically, again, the government, these experiments is hiding what has really happened to Will. And he's been abducted by um, these uh, monsters called Demogorgons in this parallel universe called the Upside Down. And um, that's kind of really the whole first season is learning about the Upside Down, learning about Elle and her powers, um, getting to know our main characters. Um, forgot to mention um, Hopper, the uh, chief or the sheriff, sheriff um, who's kind of a hardhead and an alcoholic. We learned a little bit more about him. I think it's the first season or maybe it's the second season that he had a daughter who had cancer. I think it's the second season. Um, but yeah, he had a daughter who died and he was married and so he has all this baggage. But um, he um, becomes really close with Joyce and finding Will. And at first he doesn't believe her, but then he starts to um, believe her once he starts. Actually, he finds Will's like dummy body um, and cuts it open and sees that it's filled with like cotton and that it's not real. And so um, Will eventually gets found um, and pulled from the upside down yes he does and the second season is him dealing with uh kind of like the ptsd of being in the upside down and he has all of these um like they think are flashbacks but are actually he's still connected to the upside down Mm -hmm. we find out that there's like not a demon i don't even know like part of mind flare yes like in him that kind of takes over him and um, gives him visions and he yeah. kind of like flashes between the upside down and the the real world to the point where he gets trapped kind mm-hmm. of in the in the upside down and he's in this comatose state a couple other characters we forgot to mention uh jonathan will's older brother nancy mike's older sister and nancy's boyfriend for the first season and a half steve harrington um so nancy and will kind of team up in season one to help find Sorry, Nancy and Jonathan team up in season one to help find Will. Steve is kind of a huge jerk the first like season. He's like a popular guy. He's attractive. Um, and yeah, then- he's just trying to like get with Nancy, and it's more about uh, the the physical stuff than the right. the real stuff. He's a major dick, and she's not really a main character at all. But Barb. Barb is in season Whatever, one. Barb. <laughs> Barb gets taken to the Upside Down, and she unfortunately does not make it back out. But that's part of season two as well. Steve and Nancy know what happened to her, and um, Barb's parents are, like, still trying to find her, and Nancy has, like, all this guilt because she knows what happened, but she can't really tell them what happened. Yeah, um, they, like, take a mortgage out on their house to pay a private investigator. Yeah. And they're like, well, we kind of know what happened. And she eventually lets them know, like, okay, this is what happened. And the whole town kind of catches wind of what's going on. And um, once Will is, like, completely taken over by the Mind Flayer, they have to um, basically... I, the Mind Flayer is, uh, can't be in the heat, so they basically have to, like, sweat it out of him, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's the end of season two. Oh, we forgot about Bob. Bob, Sean Aston, <laughs> who is just wonderful in this show. He's just this cute little like Radio Shack tech guy. He's Joyce's boyfriend, yeah. and he's amazing. And they have to have this big kind of like 
all-out war with these demogorgons that come through the portal in the Hawkins lab and they they have this big battle and you know Eleven is able to use her powers to fend off a lot of these beasts and monsters but um, Bob unfortunately meets his his final ending in the lobby of Hawkins lab in front of Joyce but he saves he saves everyone and it's it's pretty fabulous. It is. I love Sean Astin. He's mm-hmm. great. And we his... we also see in season two how Eleven and Hopper's relationship grows as kind of father and daughter. You know, Hopper adopts her. They live in his cabin. Mm-hmm. And he's adjusting to being a father again and having to, you know, control his actions and keep his word and say when he's going to be home mm-hmm. and and all these things, especially as these kids, they're growing up. Like at the in season three, they're essentially in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be starting high school in the fall as you know, Steve, Jonathan, and Nancy are going to be going off to college. Right. And before we get into season three, we also need to bring up two characters that come in season two, which is Max and Billy. Uh, Max and Billy are step-siblings. Max kind of joins um, our main group of kids, and um, she eventually forms a relationship with Lucas. Dustin also kind of has a thing for her, but unfortunately... uh, she is interested in Lucas instead. Um, but don't worry, Dustin gets a girlfriend in the third season, and there's a really funny scene. We'll get to that later. Um, but Billy is kind of just like a bad boy. He is gorgeous. I'm just going to say that. He's um, a, he's Australian in real life, yes. and he has this great curly blonde mullet, and he's this big bully. He almost runs the kids off the road. Um, mm-hmm. with his car when they're riding their bikes um, in, in season two. So, he beats up Steve. Yep. And uh, he actually plays a p- pretty big role coming in, in season three. Season. Yep. So the third season starts, like we said, in the summertime. Um, Elle it's, and yeah, Mike it's, are, in the, it's in the middle yeah. of, of the summertime, and it's uh, right after the new Starcourt Mall yeah. is built, which is kind of the, um, like, the main place where a lot of these like big events happen right is at the small and malls i guess really started boom in the 80s yeah and a lot of small businesses are going out of business joyce actually has like a like a drugstore i think yeah she works at some drugstore convenience store type thing and they have they have a couple scenes where it's completely deserted she's putting up you know like final sale type Um, or like extreme discounts and this mall is really hurting the town Um, but none of the kids care you know they go and they go to the movies and they um go to um is it the food court ships ahoy where uh steve actually works i guess he um scoops ice cream (laughs) scoops ahoy not ships ahoy (laughs) scoops ahoy yeah um where we meet another new character robin um the two of them work together steve decides he's not going to college um, and he's just going to work there. Nancy and Jonathan are working at a like newspaper, and um, Nancy has to deal with a lot of extreme sexism from all of the like higher ups at the newspaper, and that comes into play a little bit later. Um, one thing I will critique about season three is there's a lot of, I mean, they all come together in the end, but there's a lot of intertwining storylines. Yeah, there's like, f- I would say like four main groups kind of because. Um, Dustin comes back from his summer camp and he says he's got to make this radio tower to contact his girlfriend Susie, who everyone thinks yeah. is fake. He kind of joins up with Steve 
um, you know, while they build this tower, actually, they intercept a, like, secret yeah. Russian transmission, which um, Robin kind of gets in on because she has some background with languages. Yeah. You know, there's the other kids, Mike, Will, Lucas, Eleven, and Max. They kind of, well, I would say the boys are one group that we kind of have Eleven and and Max in their own group. We've got Nancy and Jonathan doing their own thing. And then we've got like the adults kind of doing yeah. their own thing. And um, so it's a little confusing. There's a lot going on. Again, it all comes together yeah, it in the end. Yeah, it all comes together in the end. But, but there's a lot to focus on. So basically pay attention. Every <laughs> single episode has something important. And um, where Billy comes into play is he's, um, he's a lifeguard at the local pool. And um, he is pretty popular with the uh the moms the older moms including nancy's mom they do or you know they get themselves lined up and ready which um at the pool is iconic scene throwback to like fast times at ridgemont Mm -hmm. high um and it reminded me of the sandlot actually with um the lefty peppercorn 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 yeah it's like so like hilarious there's so many 80s easter eggs that stick out in this season just like every season and i think it's a little more obvious if you grew up in the 80s i mean winona Ryder and david harbour and some of the other characters were born in the 70s so this time this era is exactly when they grew up so i think if you grew up in the mid 80s like these stick out like sore thumbs to you but for for us non-80s babies or right. non-70s babies, we're kind of like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of something. Um, this um, tens baby is not happy at the moment. <laughs> I'm not sure if you heard that. Um, but, but yeah, there is definitely a lot of 80s throwbacks, um, and we'll get into some of that um, yeah. in a bit. But So um, in the first episode, uh, we have this crazy power outage. Yeah, that happens, and that is when Joyce realizes that her magnets won't um, stick to the refrigerator, and she thinks that is weird, and everyone else thinks that she's crazy. And um, we also have Billy. You know, he's driving to rendezvous with Mike's mom, which, wow. And um, he hits something in the street right by the steel mill, and he actually gets, like, dragged into the steel mill, which ends up being the upside down, yep. the the mind flare or the this new beast, this, like, fleshy beast, um, like, pulls him into the upside down, and he kind of meets his, like, doppelganger. It's like an alter ego or something. Yeah, it's like the version of himself, like he's talking to the, you know, this evil side of himself is like talking to himself in the in the upside down. Okay, so also, you know, Mike and Eleven are getting a little close. And Hopper does not like it. No, he is like, the door has to be over open three inches and he's really struggling with how to like handle having a, a daughter a, like a teenager especially a, yeah a teenager so um you know they're they're kind of going back and forth mike and 11 and after talking with max 11 is like i dump your ass she <laughs> like breaks up with him and um nancy and jonathan you know working at the paper they get this lead about some like crazy things going on with like rats yeah. eating um, fertilizer and chemicals so 
they follow this lead and they go to this woman's house, Mrs. Driscoll, and she um, had caught one of these in like a, a cage. And while they're looking at it, it like explodes into this like fleshy thing. Yeah, and it like when they're not look- away. Yeah, when they're not looking, and it like wiggles away into this like bloody flesh goop that like decides to make its way to the steel mill through like the pipes and the sewers and 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 whatnot and um robin does end up translating that that russian message that they intercepted um on dustin's radio and um it's a riddle in its in its own way too it says something about when the blue and the yellow meet in the west the silver cat this this whole riddle so they're trying to um you know decipher decipher that and you know meanwhile billy is kind of in the real world but he has his his doppelganger in his mind kind of telling him instructing him to bring more people Mm -hmm. to kind of sacrifice themselves to become these big part of this big fleshy it's like it's basically the mind flare but like made up of human flesh it's really disgusting and like rat flesh yeah it's pretty gross so um mike and 11 are broken up and max tells 11 like we should spy on mike and see what they're talking about because 11 has the ability to spy on people with her mind so um she like is spying on them they hear them talking about whatever and she decides to spy on on billy. billy and she sees billy um like subduing or like attacking heather and trying to you know hold her down she's in this like bathtub this like icy bathtub and he can like see her which is not normal no and he like reaches out and and touches her when she is in her like a psychic state i i would guess is you know how you would describe it um mrs driscoll the the woman that Jonathan and Nancy went to follow up with, she's actually um, falls ill and she is taken to the hospital. The newspaper people are pretty pissed at her and they're like, you know, she is not sick. She doesn't have, you know, what, what whatever is going on is. Oh, yeah. Um, they like dismiss everything she says and she's like, oh, you know, this is a, you know, a big story and I have, you know, proof and they just keep like laughing it off basically and it oh it's so frustrating and she has this there's a scene where she's talking to Jonathan and I really appreciate it where she says you'll never know what it's like to not be taken seriously as a woman mm-hmm. because they love Jonathan and he doesn't write I think he takes the photos but but still like I thought that was a really cool little little tidbit tidbit for sure um meanwhile some of the boys Dustin Stephen Robin or you know Dustin Stephen Robin the the scoops ahoy peeps plus dustin they spy on these like russian guys that they suspect are bringing something into the starcourt mall when they just dis- they decode this message they're like okay this is going to happen at the mall at this time they're they're spying on these guys and they see them bringing a huge shipment to um you know this this loading dock and um they think okay we got to get in there but it's heavily guarded there's you know all these like literal dudes with guns standing outside and um you know 
we talked a little bit about the magnets Mm-hmm. and Joyce is like f- super fixated on this and everyone is like you are nuts so she goes to like the middle school science teacher mm-hmm. and he explains that the only way to demagnetize all of these things would be with like a huge um enormously powered electromagnetic um device that would essentially draw a ton of power and um it you know, in order for it to, if it were to come from the Hawkins lab, it would have to draw so much power, which goes back to there was a power outage. Yeah. Um, you know, that night. And um, is this when Hopper and Joyce go to, they go back to the, uh, what is it? Yeah, they go back to Hawkins lab. And they find the two Russians. One of them, is his name Alexei? Uh, yep. Alexi is there's like these two Russian dudes just like bumbling about kind of I guess I think working on something yeah Alexi is the more like subdued one um and then there's another guy but they you know Hopper is attacked and he ends up taking um Alexi as his like prisoner who becomes a fan favorite because he's just so sweet he (laughs) is so sweet I love him and um you know, they, uh, after, you know, Eleven and Max see this thing go down with Billy, they're really worried about Heather. So they go to her house and he's sitting there having dinner with her parents. And it's really weird. And it's really weird. But literally right after they leave, Heather is obviously taken over by the spirit or, or the monster inside Billy. And they like attack them and they drag them down yeah, the to parents, yeah. down to the steel mill where they are possessed by and they're like building an army basically yeah they're possessed by the spirit and they use these like bodies to like these people's bodies to recruit more people who they ultimately meet their demise to become this yeah. evil so like do all fleshy. these people die yeah how many people do you think that was oh i would say at least like 30 at least at least 30 there's i was thinking like a hundred maybe more big this thing gets yeah it gets pretty large and in charge (laughs) um obviously they know that something is going on with billy due to 11's you know kind of intercepting in his mind and they go to the pool and they essentially like trap billy in this sauna yeah which is a a great scene they like trick him with this radio they end up locking him in the sauna he like freaks out and they say that they're gonna do like the sauna test basically what they did to will yes second season so they like turn it up super high and um they confirm that he's like basically like still possessed he gets like superhuman strength and he breaks free and he's gonna like you know kill all these kids and eleven actually uses her powers to like they're throwing barbells and stuff back Mm -hmm. at each other and billy ends up like they break through a wall and he escapes one thing though in this scene is the real billy kind of comes through a little bit and he's like he made me do it yeah like just barely enough for him to kind of in a way confess what's going on yeah when he's like in the sauna it's getting really hot he's like you made me do it max let me out he's trying to appeal to Mm -hmm. his sister um 
but that's then when he has his like big hulk out moment yeah. and he like just tries to destroy them all right. um and you know then nancy witnesses she goes back to the hospital sees mrs driscoll like blow up and turn into this like goopy thing and um so then you know mayor klein um who is played by gosh what's his name he's in the princess bride yes um it's so amazing As oh carrie el elwis elwis i can't remember i don't know how to Isn't say he his also name. in saw yes the first one yes OG saw yes he is he is in the original saw um and you know uh Hopper goes to the mayor's office and he to talk to him about what the heck is going on and he recognizes the other Russian guy that attacked him as somebody who went to go visit Mayor Klein so now we start to put or Hopper start to put the pieces of the puzzle together that Klein is in on it with the Russians Starcourt Mall all of these things that are going on and um they are you know uh, gregory is his name he is so reminiscent of like the terminator because he's like this big muscle dude and he is you know like kind of a machine in a way he seems like he's pretty unstoppable um back at starcourt you know dustin stephen robin they Get like taken captive. Well, oh, not yet. Not yet. They they decide that they are going to after getting the blueprints from the county that they're going to get into this secret, um, like storage place that they that's under guard, um, by crawling through the ventilation system. And, and they it, have Lucas's sister with them too. Yeah, Erica, and she's hilarious. I she love is. her. She's like, you can't spell America without Erica. She's like. <laughs> I want free ice cream for life. I'm going to do all these things. And she's so hilarious. She is. And so they um, actually all are able to get in um, as Erica gets through the vents. And as soon as they're in this, this like room, it turns into like an elevator and it drops like, yeah, like I would probably say like 30 stories down into the ground and they are obviously freaking out and they're trapped down there. Also, Billy and Heather regrouping at the the mill. And there are, like, people kind of, like, flocking to the mill like they're under some, you know, hypnosis to, to go there to ultimately explode and become part of the mind flare type yep. of thing. So, um, Hopper and Joyce, they realize that one of the abandoned properties... Um, is like a hidden lab and they actually meet um you know gregory there and they do take alexi um who only speaks russian so um once they have this like big all-out brawl they're like walking through the forest and they're hawkins is in indiana and they decide that they're going to walk to illinois (laughs) to meet with hopper's old friend murray who is in season two as well and he's this like crazy conspiracy theorist and he is like all about the russians and he has all of these different theories he's actually the one who told um 
like Nancy and Jonathan to get together in season two. And he ultimately tells Hopper and Joyce to get together in, um, in this season. And so since Alex or Alexi only speaks Russian, they use Murray to kind of translate, um, and it's so funny. Alexi is like, I want strawberry freezy or I want a cherry or something. It's he's so like sweet and like innocent, but he helps give them like tons of clues to how they can kind of what's been going on in Hawkins with this with this whole device. They know about the upside down. The the Russians are trying to build this huge device, as we saw, to open another portal to the upside down. We don't really know why. Yeah, that was what I was gonna say. What what is their purpose for even wanting to get into the upside down anyway? I think we are gonna find out more about that in season four. And I have a theory on this. Okay. I've got theories. So um, the kids are still trapped in this elevator underground. These dudes roll up and they start unloading boxes. And, um, you know, while they're kind of trapped in there, this is Robin, Steve, Dustin, and Erica. They open up these boxes and there's just like green goop stuff and these like kind of centrifuge things. And <laughs> Erica tries to break one open. It's so hilarious. Um, you know, the, these Russian guys come in, they start unloading these boxes, take them out. And it's a good thing that they don't try to drink it, which she says, <laughs> because they use it to hold the door open and it like explodes and it like burns through like concrete, through metal, and it goes down like multiple stories. And that's how they later find out that somebody has kind of infiltrated their, their space, their area. So the kids in you know steve robin dustin and erica discovered that they are actually trying to open the portal in this again in this deep underground um science lab or whatever meanwhile up above jonathan and nancy they do end up fighting these two guys from the paper mm-hmm. um and they are overtaken by the mind flare and when they ultimately kill them um, they turn into this like red goop and then they turn into like a mini monster yeah, and you know like slinks away. Yeah. And Will, he he talks about earlier in the ep- in earlier episodes that he can feel when he's close, like the hair stands uh-huh. up on the back of his neck. He gets like a cold chill. Hey, it's kind of like a the sixth sense. <laughs> it's totally like the sixth sense. Um and eleven and um will like they're all they all show up there at the hospital 11 overpowers it and it like slinks into um you know the sewers meanwhile again downstairs underground um steve and robin are captured as dustin and erica get away and they are like heavily drugged with like truth serum i guess And Steve really endures a lot of horrible um, torture. Yeah. Like, they don't believe that, like, two teenagers that work in an ice cream shop could possibly break into their super secret, you know, um, lab they think that they work for, like, the U.S. government or, um, you know, whatever. Um, you know, Joyce 
and Hopper learn, you know, they're actually, yes, the Russians are trying to build this thing. Alexei tells them the only way to really shut it down is to steal two keys from a vault and turn them simultaneously to essentially make the thing self-destruct or like turn off. So they um, decide that they are going to, um, you know, try and get back there. But before that, they've got to go to the fair because that's where they think all of their kids are. Mm-hmm. So um, Mayor Fourth Cl- of July, fair. yeah, the Fourth of July fair. Mayor Klein is there. Hopper and Joyce are there. Um, the kids actually aren't there, but Grigori is there. Mm-hmm. And um, Klein tells him, you know, that you know they're here. Find them, what have you. Grigori ends up shooting Alexi which is so sad because he was just like r.i.p he was just getting like popcorn and cotton candy um he was just so happy to be in america and all yeah like like the slushies and the the, he was playing like you know uh, arcade games and he won this like he was watching cartoons he won this like big was it woody woodpecker something like that and yeah just a very unfortunate end for for alexi yeah and then uh, Grigori and Hopper kind of like have it out in this like house of mirrors um, where Hopper actually gets like a, a hold of the of the radio um, that the the Russians are using to kind of communicate. Um, they are finishing up there. They realize listening to the radio that their kids are actually at the mall so they head towards the mall that's where the rest of the kids all rendezvous um kind of to try to you know they don't really know what what they're gonna do but they know that they've got to get there to you know save save dustin and save steve and robin and everybody so they they have this kind of like mutual point and um because Billy can sense where Eleven is because they're kind of connected. The Mind Flayer and the Monster and Billy, they all, like, come down upon the mall mm-hmm. when it's obviously after hours, it's dark and closed, and they have this kind of, like, big fight. Um, Eleven doesn't really have any of her powers, so... No, yeah, and they don't really explain why that happens. No, I think that she just had to, like use so much of her powers for you know closing the gate in season two and then all these other things that she's kind of had to do in fighting off billy but i think i surmise that has something to do with the fact that the mind flare and 11 are connected in some way i think that that maybe takes her power away a little bit but they have this great scene with like the fireworks that all the kids light off trying um, to destroy it yeah trying to cool. destroy it and you know the mind flayer actually you know gets a hold of 11 in a way and is going to you know billy's going to destroy her and the mind flayer is gonna like you know kill all her friends and then you know kill all of humanity and you know while 11 was in the mind of billy she saw his whole origin story and she kind of gets to him and says you know you used to be happy at the ocean and there was a pretty woman and she wore a blue ribbon in her hair and it kind of brings him back to his reality for a moment and he pretty much sacrifices himself to um, save the kids, at least in this moment. Yeah. You know, the Mind Flayer um, beast 
like you know comes around them to and like puts all of its limbs and kind of kills him um you know then the then the parents or hopper and joy show up you know steve and robin and dustin like they're all together all of these different stories that we talked about how they have like all these separate storylines going on they all get together and they're like okay this is what's going on this is what i know this is what i know so they decide okay hopper and joyce and murray they're gonna try and shut down this this big machine underground so you know they get into the vents and there is (laughs) this great scene where um, you know, in order to get into the safe, they know that they need um, a certain number, <laughs> which is the, oh my gosh. This what, is where Susie comes in. Planck's constant. And Dustin's like, I can't remember it. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know what it is, but I know someone who would. And of course, this is in 1985. They don't have Google. So they actually get a hold of Susie, his girlfriend who lives in Utah, and they have to sing the theme from the never-ending story, which is so amazing. And then they're like, Planck's constant is six point or six two six zero seven zero. And so that is like what they need to get into the vault to get the keys. Yep. So they can set everything up. So Hopper and Joyce, they like evade these agents um, by like dressing up as them. Murray goes like deeper into some other vent, but um Hopper and Joyce they just like slink through this whole place in order to get to like the main control room but unfortunately Gregory kind of intercepts them and they have this like big fight Hopper and Gregory do like out on the you know the platform where this big device is and Joyce has to have like these two keys and um you know they're having this you know, this crazy fight and Hopper actually pushes Grigori into the machine and it like cuts him up and it's like rotating and it's crazy and really gory for what kind of, what I kind of expected. This whole season's actually really gory. Yeah. It, uh, the the fleshy, the fleshy monsters. This is, um, probably one of the saddest scenes of the of the season is because Hopper kind of has to like sacrifice himself because he's in like the room with the machine. He's like literally like, like right next feet to it. away from this platform and yeah, all the all the exits are blocked and when that body of Gregory gets like thrown in there, it like majorly malfunctions. And so they're like, well, this is the only thing that is gonna stop the mind flare. So, you know, Hopper gives Joyce the like heads up like okay you can do it and she like turns the keys and it kind of like explodes and there's like this bright bluish laser lights that go everywhere and um you know they realize that you know he's gone Mm -hmm. I mean she can't find a trace of him anywhere and then you know the military shows up and you know, all these crazy things, they realize like, oh gosh, yeah, it is the Russians like doing all this stuff underground. So they're able to like fully investigate. And um, then it kind of flash forwards three months, which would be like October time. 
And um, yeah, also during this t- whole sh- season, like Nancy is trying, not Nancy, Joyce is trying to sell her home. And so she and uh, Will and Jonathan are moving mm-hmm. and they kind of adopt Elle because she doesn't have a family anymore. Right. And so they're all leaving and it's kind of this really big, sad goodbye for everybody. You know, Nancy has to say goodbye to Jonathan. All the guys have to say goodbye to Will. Mike has to say goodbye to Elle. And then while um, it's, you know, the final scene um, earlier on, as we said, you know, Hopper was having a hard time not relating to Elle, but just kind of being that father figure to her, you know, to this teenage girl. Joyce suggests he, you know, has a heart to heart with her. And he apparently wrote this letter. And Joyce is kind of looking through his things, finds the letter in one of his uniforms and gives it to Elle and the final scenes of everyone like packing up and, and saying goodbye, um, are overlaid with, uh, with Hopper's like final words to Elle. And it's very, very sweet and also very, very sad. You know, we, we kind of leave our group at let that kind of split up. So we're not really sure where it's going to pick up for season four, but it kind of ends on a really sad note. But then of course they have to leave things on the cliffhanger. Mid credit scene. Yep, where um, there's another Demogorgon and the, the Russians say, they like feed this ru- other Russian guy to it. And they say, not the American. In Kamchatka, Russia. So we don't know who the American is. Is it Hopper? Is he still alive? We don't know. And if it is him, how did he survive? Like, what happened? And how did he get there? Or is it really Hopper at all? Could it really be Dr. Renner from season one, the one who basically created Eleven? Is he, did he somehow, you know, make his way to Russia or you know, whatever. Um, I mean, my theory on this is maybe that um, like Hopper jumped into the upside down because they mentioned that they went to Hawkins because it's kind of like, like thinner. It's like easier to get to the upside down because of where it is located. So that's why they went to Hawkins, but they had opened it in Russia before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe he knew that and, um, so in the upside down somehow he maybe went into the went into the the portal before it closed and then he was able to get out of the portal you know in Russia or you know maybe it was like a time travel thing or a um I don't know what you would call it teleportation (laughs) um maybe it was that kind of thing or it's not him at all we don't really know I think it is him it's just mm-hmm. the method of him you know, getting get rid of him that no. easily come on no and they do say as all the kids are you know leaving mike says i'll see you at thanksgiving to l so we can surmise that the next season um you know they all kind of surround holidays we can surmise that the next season is going to take place around thanksgiving but we don't know how far away um will and joyce and jonathan and l are going obviously if it is hopper there he's in freaking russia and so it will be um kind of like thanksgiving time november 1985 when um when this kind of picks up and that's crazy i also that's the season that's the season So they're kind of like how we mentioned, or how I mentioned at the beginning, there are like so many freaking 
just like Easter eggs in this show and so many things that kind of like stick out to probably more of your 70s babies who, um, you know, are aware of more pop culture references. But, um, you know, they talk about um, like Ghostbusters. Obviously, that was big in season two because they were all Ghostbusters. Um, they have, you know, Day of the Dead. That's one of the movies that they go see. That is a movie that came out in 85. We were talking about this earlier, but the new Coke, um, thing, Lucas is the one who, like, loves it and all the other kids think he's crazy. I think that was, like, product placement and marketing, but it was also pretty accurate because new Coke did come out in 85 and, Um, there's just so many things, like I mentioned, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and, um, Caddyshack, the iconic, like, pool scenes, and like I said, it reminds me of the Sandlot. Um, you know, they talk about Back to the Future. Um, they go along with, uh, the Terminator. Gregory is kind of like this Terminator, and even the scratches and the marks that he has on his face in his final battle scene with Hopper are just like what the Terminator has in in his scene. And I think, too, um, the hospital scene where Jonathan and Nancy are running around trying to evade uh, their evil, possessed co-workers from the paper, that reminds me of, like, Halloween. Yeah. When they're, like, running through the hospital, you know, using, like, gurneys to, and, like, protect themselves and all of these, like, creepy creepy monsters and hospital chase scenes it doesn't lend any um comforting notions to hospitals at all (laughs) no um one thing that came up after this season um was the amount of like smoking in the in uh by the characters and it actually led to uh netflix um I mean, they're not going to change the show, but um, having, you know, to think about like, oh, you know, all the kids watching the show and seeing all these people smoking and how, you know, they need to um, kind of censor themselves. There was like a huge stink about it, which... Well, who's then, smoking in it besides... Like Joyce does. Joyce and Hopper. I know. And I'm like... Maybe the kids the, do. Maybe in season one, but I know in season three, there's so many shots of like Hopper with a cigarette hanging out of his yeah. mouth, or he's you know smoking like the, while he's like passed out that at was home. The time, you know, like that was way before, you know. I mean, people knew smoking wasn't good for them, but it was way before, you know, like the whole. I don't even know what I would call it, but before, you know, people really, you know, before restaurants and public places banned smoking and, you know, that was just kind of part of the time. And so there was a huge stink in response to that, that, you know, we can't really censor art and we can't really censor the content on Netflix, especially if it's supposed to be, you know, reflective of the past. So there was a whole big thing about that. Um, that I thought was kind of funny. And speaking of um, Netflix, also uh, completely unrelated, um, Netflix also removed um, a very um, intense scene in 13 Reasons Why of yeah. a uh, suicide. And I mean, not that I was, I enjoyed that scene, but it um, is starting to get to the point where it's like, okay, like you can't 
you can't take all this stuff out. I know. And then I think about, okay, like think of uh, maybe 13 Reasons Why is like more of a kid show and Stranger Things is kind of a kid show. I guess this is probably rated PG-13 because the kids like swear in it. The only kid that doesn't swear is Will. Um, <laughs> Will's so pure. He's so pure. Um, There's also a huge debate on if Will is gay which is interesting. Not really related to the plot at all, but there is a scene because, you know, his best friends all have girlfriends and they're all growing up and he, all he wants to do is play Dungeons and Dragons and, uh, you know, the boys want to go, you know, hang out with their girlfriends and Will, you know, gets really upset and Mike says, it's not my fault you don't like girls. And it doesn't really say anything. It doesn't, you know, come out and say anything about Will's sexuality. But there has been a lot of speculation from fans on that. If, you know, is that the start of us explaining is is Will gay or is he just not interested in girls yet? We don't know. And yeah. even um, Finn Wolfhard, who plays Mike, um, was interviewed and asked about that. And he said, I don't really know. There were a lot of different ways we could have done that scene, but this is the way we did it. And, you know, the Duffer brothers, the creators of Stranger Things, you know, they'll kind of make a decision with that later on. I think that I I took it as that he just wasn't interested in girls yet. I mean, he's been traumatized. He's got a lot of things on his mind. Yeah, like he's probably not he's probably not looking at girls yet. And it's the summertime. So who knows? He just wants to hang out with his buddies. Yeah. And um. I I love to just like the work that they went into with building, you know, these these kind of scenes, especially the mall. I mean, we have a mall here in Omaha called Oakview Mall, and it was built in the late 80s, and my parents moved not very far from this mall in 1992, and it was like the coolest thing, and it legitimately is like white with like seafoam green (laughs) tiles and like neon lights and whatnot and it's super similar to this and they even show stores like radio shack and like orange julius they show like old the old gap and they show i think glam maybe glamour shots and a lot of old 80s businesses yeah and it's super funny and they have like a burger king and they have like a taco bell coming soon and oh walden books is another Mm -hmm. one and they really like went all out and like building building this up and creating like such nostalgia too i mean so many so so much music that they included is from other films um, you know, like the some of the film, some of the films we've already mentioned, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, they feature some music in similarity there, and um, then of course the never-ending story, that whole like <laughs> song that is so funny to me. I love that scene, and um, the, it's such a um, you know I know what never-ending story is. Some of the like younger viewers might not because that was an '80s movie, um, but. I thought that that was a really nice little Easter egg as well. Like, it's, I didn't really realize what the song was at first, but I was like, this sounds familiar. And then when it got to Never Ending Story, uh, I was like, oh my God, yes. It was a great little moment for me because yeah. I remember being a big fan of that movie when I was a kid. Anyway. And they just make so many references. I know that Hopper talks about how Eleven likes to watch, um, uh, what, Miami Vice on Fridays. <laughs> and there's a scene where Hopper is like watching magnum pi and he kind of looks like um 
Tom Selleck with his like yeah. mustache and his like goofy clothes. He totally, um, you know, looks like them. And then there's like the kind of shout outs to Marty McFly in a way they talk about. They're like, why is it called Back to the Future? Yeah. And they talk about just so many pop culture things. Even like Steve says that he uses like Farrah Fawcett's um, hairspray that was in season <laughs> two, but it makes another appearance um, when Dustin uses it to like defend himself from yeah. from something. I can't remember what. Um, <laughs> and gosh, what else? uh carrie elwes he's in the princess bride which is a an 80s movie that was like a kind of a nice little like when i first saw him i was like wait Wait. is that who i think it is yep it is um they talk about you know like rambo and uh (laughs) woody the woodpecker of course alexi watches the show and then he wins that plush toy at the carnival right before he's killed and um you know, it's just, it's so, like, well-packed with, like, 80s stuff. It's not a cheap imitation of an 80s show or an 80s movie. No, it's very authentic. It's super authentic. Um, I even read somewhere that they even put, like, a film grain on uh, on all of the scenes. Really? To give it that, like, vintage look as well, which oh, I think is really cool. My gosh. And, you know, um, even, like I mentioned, the music... There are two guys who I watched their interview on Vox. I think the guys who recorded their their like um, who rec- who do all of the the score. I guess you would call it for the entire series and how they use like different sounds and they use like all synthesizers and it's like this huge room with you know synthesizers and they create that iconic you know title song and then all of the different um like noises and effects in in it and it's just so intentional nothing is nothing is on accident including the product placement of Mm -hmm. coca-cola um and i think we're definitely gonna get a season four i know that the duffer brothers said that they would like to have this go four or five seasons so i don't know if it's gonna go past season four I do have a theory, though. Please tell. As I was watching this, I was like, oh my gosh. Between HBO's Chernobyl and Stranger Things Season 3, the Russians are really going to have it out for us. Because if you (laughs) haven't seen Chernobyl, it's pretty intense and basically exposes what probably happened at Chernobyl. Um, But that happened in April of... 86? 1986. This next season is going to be November, six months before this whole explosion. So, I mean, it would be kind of funny, or I don't know if funny is the right word, but like a coincidence if they tied it to Chernobyl because the HBO series just came out. Um, So maybe they will like redirect it in some way. And I'm sure they're already have written season four. Um, because they started filming season three in late May of 2018. And then, you know, it came out about 14 months later. So I know that they're already writing season four. If it's not already written, I don't know if they are filming for it yet because it's kind of on, they're on their press tour for Stranger Things season three right now. But I know. It's a really good theory. Yeah. 
I, I know. <laughs> I know. No, I'm I, sure that it's shared by others. And I'm also just like, I love that they are like, I kind of love that they're like tying the Russians to it because it's also like kind of modern days. You know, that yeah. was in the midst of, I think is the Cold War was in the 80s. Yeah. I'm not very good with history. But then it's also like us watching it now with all of the... Uh, Russian meddling. Yeah. It's just like very interesting. And I love that perhaps they're tying it together. Even if not, like Russia, the Soviet Union is so like back in the 80s before it dissolved. Um, if you've watched Chernobyl, I mean, they have the KGB. They are They have so many state secrets. You know, it is a dictatorship in a way. And it's so... Like they have, they're so closed off from the rest of the world. So the fact that they would be trying to open a portal to the upside down, who knows? And, you know, them having this Demogorgon, you know, in um, in this other, you know, in, in Russia where supposedly Hopper is, are they trying to, are they going to use it as some sort of like, new animal warfare that nobody has ever seen before are they trying to tame it are they trying to grow it or like breed it or what are they trying to do and it's just like another crazy state secret from the ussr that i i can't help but love when russia is raked over the coals absolutely i think a lot of people probably feel that way (laughs) unless you're from russia sorry and you were a soviet but Uh. Yeah, let's get into our uh, our ratings of season three. Um, I mean, I, I wish I could just rate the show overall, but I can't. Um, I definitely think it's better than season two. I think season one is probably the best just because, you know, the OG. But I do think that it was a really good, just a new story, you know, continuing on with um, our characters, letting them grow up a little bit, um, adding some new... Um, more scary elements, I guess. This is definitely the scariest season, I think. Um, the, oh, definitely yeah. the goriest um, and the hardest to watch, I think, um, especially the end, you know, being very sad. Um, but I think overall I'm going to give it a... I'll give it a four out of five. Um, my biggest complaint, as I said in the beginning, is it is a little hard to follow at times. There's a lot going on, and it's only uh, eight episodes, so a lot is jam-packed into each episode. Again, you know, the four or five different storylines that are going on at the same time. It is a little hard to follow, um, and I def- I actually watched rewatched the first two seasons days before the third one came out, so I was still pretty fresh on what's going on, but um, if you haven't watched season one and two in a while definitely rewatch before you watch this just so you're uh, kind of caught up on what's going on obviously if you haven't seen any of them watch them in order um but but yeah i mean it was it was good i really liked it uh, i thought honestly season two was kind of boring unfortunately so i thought it was um an improvement i think season two is boring because 11's not in it no like- she's like not in it at all that is annoying and like also a little side story like with like her like quote sister like that little side plot of like the other what's her name i don't even remember Callie or something like that But like she was also one of the experiments i think she was like number eight or Mm -hmm. something i thought that that was unnecessary especially because 11 just like leaves that group and i mean are they ever going to come back up like are these other you know one through seven and then nine and ten or whatever other experiments are they ever going to come back up who knows but um but yeah i did like season three i'm excited to see what's going to happen in season four 
I would say if there is more than a season four, season five would have to be it because I keep thinking, what else can we do? You know, Mm -hmm. what else is there that we can expand upon before it becomes um, a little hackneyed? So um, I'm excited to see what happens season four. thought season three was a great, great follow-up. I loved the, you know, I loved the 80s clothes, especially, you know, like when Max and uh, Eleven go shopping and it's like very, very 80s, I would say, like the clothing and the music and the colors and um, the just, I really, I really enjoyed it. Definitely an improvement from the second season. Excited to see what happens next. Awesome. I love the clothes too. I saw an article where it was like, here's all the clothes that you can buy them. Eleven wore. Um, I am going to give this, um, a 4.5 out of 5, kind of contingent on what happens in season 4, um, because, you know, they've kind of been fighting the same monsters, um, this Demogorgon mind flare, I'm like, okay, so they closed the portal again, but they did that last season and it obviously didn't work. So like now what are they going to do? What do they think is going to happen? Um, I I loved the costuming and the music and the pop culture references. And you know what? I like the kind of diverging storylines because I think it really um, like builds up the, the characters in their own way. I don't think we got enough from Lucas no he was barely in it he's barely in it but his sister makes like this grand performance and she's amazing um i love robin who's ethan hawk's daughter by the way and i think uma thurman's daughter Hmm? i think they had a kid together yeah i hope she has more of a role she better she better she was great there was a lot of like strong women in in this season and i love that and um, I think it had, like, some very intense storylines and, like, very emotional mm-hmm. storylines with Billy and, like, all of that. Sad and to see him go, too, by the way. Yeah. He was great. It was, like, a huge self-sacrifice at the end and kind of, like, how out of control and crazy it got. I really liked that, you know, the fact that they they attracted all these people to to give themselves as a fleshy piece of body matter for this giant monster um but i thought it was great and i really hope that um it kind of continues on this like upswing because like you said i thought season two was a little bit boring a little underwhelming and as season three you know kind of picks up speed and brings you know re-elevates the show i hope that it kind of continues on that and um the mid credit scene with Hopper kind of gives us all a little bit of hope and mm-hmm. it's going to create a lot more buzz and people are going to be thinking about, okay, where's Hopper? How are they all going to get back together? So I will be, I will rate season three lower if season four doesn't live up to kind of what I'm expecting because at this point, they're all kind of separated. They're, you know, Nancy's going to college, you know, the rest, half of the crew moved away and you know hopper is r.i.p so four out of five that was 4.5 out of five. Oh, 4.5 <laughs> out a of little asterisk 4.5 out of five is what i'm gonna rate this one definitely up there i really really enjoyed it i think it finished it all in a weekend and um kind of content warning if you don't want to see your kids 
watching adults smoke, I guess. Or, you know, yeah. like people Ugh. exploding into bodies and with like... Yeah, I'd say that's probably worse yeah, than smoking. It definitely, like, come it, on. It is. It is. And like people getting like slashed and thrown into machines. I mean, that... Ugh. Yeah. People aren't... Pick your battles, people. Whatever. But um, that is our review of Stranger Things season three. Um, we will be back next week with a new episode. Um, Jamie will be here again. I'm so happy to have her um, back at it because the vibe just, it vibes. It vibes. It vibes with us. So as always, um, tune in next week. Leave us a comment or um, any suggestions for shows, movies, documentaries, etc. They would like us to review and we will be back next week. See you then. Bye. Bye.